Chapter One of the New Swiss Family Robinson, a tale for children of all ages by Owen Wister. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter One: The Wreck, the Arrival. The storm had raged for days and days. Oh, it was an awful storm, and one which is seldom met with except near the line. My children were beginning to complain of a swimming of the head, accompanied by yawning and nausea. I told them that this was a common form of disease, especially on the water, and added, It is profitable for you to see how such trials may be borne by those who wish to bear them. And taking an oyster, which I had previously covered with fine sifted sugar, I swallowed it with a courageous smile. Abashed at once by my example, my dear children continued their innocent play, heedless of the reckless oaths which the cruel seamen uttered in their sphere. My beloved wife was in the ladies' cabin, reading the Pilgrim's Progress, which did not seem to do her very much good. The waves were running mountains high, and we were continually in the trough of the boisterous sea. Amid this truly sublime, but at the same time terrible, war of the elements, I heard the cry of, Land! Land! And at once we landed upon a rock. Then arose a hideous scene of distress. Thousands of human souls were washed overboard in a moment. Many lost their lives some lost their senses piercing shrieks rent the startled air even the quiet cattle stopped chewing their cud my wife rushed into my arms letting the pilgrim's progress fall neglected upon the wet deck around her skirts wailing clung our children we were an affecting spectacle one that would make many a thoughtful parent shed tears. While we were thus busily occupied, my son Franz, who is ever on the alert, looked out over the main and saw that the treacherous crew had got away in the lifeboat, and never so much as given us warning. In vain we called to them to come back, that they had dropped something. The heartless men only jeered at us in their cruel sport as they rode further away and were lost amid the mist and hubbub. Then, indeed, we felt left. Suddenly my thoughtful Ernest said, Papa, why should we not try and contrive some means of getting ashore? I praised the lad heartily for his ingenuity, and we began at once. But ere we did this we unlocked the poor animals, who came bounding about us in their simple joy. There were five cows, eighteen sheep, two horses, and a terrier called Tim. We little thought then how invaluable Tim would be in days to come. I then bade each of my children see what treasures they could secure. They soon returned, and my heart bounded as I saw how fully we should be prepared for any emergency. Little Franz brought a steel watch-chain and a bird-cage. As he truly remarked, we might find birds in the bushes. Fritz brought an Oliver Ditson edition of The Pirates of Penzance. 
Jack found a pair of snowshoes and a time table of the Boston and Albany Railroad. Ernest brought a Japanese parasol and a photograph of the Greek play. But my dear wife found the chief treasures. She came triumphant with a little air pistol and a box of darts made expressly for it. We felt truly thankful for this discovery, since what had hitherto been but a pretty toy was now to become our defense against bears and lions. My wife also found a set of strange but beautiful dresses of all colors, made of the lightest gauze and very short. She laughed gaily as she approached me holding them up. You would not laugh so much, said I, if you realized the importance of your discovery. She became serious, and I explained that, besides being a light and suitable apparel for the tropical climate, should we ever reach the shore, it was an excellent suit for her to wear at once, as it would not incommode her motions at all in our journey to the land. She joyfully thanked me, and hastened to her cabin. I wonder what they are meant for, I mused. I think, sir, I have seen something like them before, sir, said my eldest son Fritz, a bright lad of fifteen years. Where? inquired I, rather sharply. I forget now, sir, but I will try to think, replied the boy. In the meantime I had found many treasures myself, among others six water velocipedes. These had been destined for trading with the natives of the friendly islands. Why, father, inquired my little Franz, laughing, what would savages do with those? If you would think more and talk less, said I gravely, you would probably not ask so many foolish questions. But as the little fellow already hung his head and was making ready to cry at my rebuke, I kindly explained to him that the natives of the friendly islands are so very friendly that they are constantly calling on each other and staying to tea, and in these visits from island to island water velocipedes would be both simple and satisfactory. Hardly had I finished my explanation when a strange sound was heard, and quickly looking up I perceived my dear wife gaily attired in a pink gauze dress covered with silver spangles, approaching with many graceful bounds. My children clung around me and shed tears of unfeigned joy at having such a mother. Then we joined hands fervently and moved in a sad circle about her as she, poised on one foot, turned round on the other in order to be able to follow our movements. Then came a lurch and a crash. My son Jack, with his usual keen observation, said, Father, I think something broke. I patted him gently on the head and told him that he was probably right. How shall we go ashore? asked Ernest. I wish we were natives of the friendly islands, cried Fritz. My son, you have hit upon a capital idea, I replied run and bring those velocipedes at once. I packed our cargo in a number of large hen-coops. Behind these I tied the patient animals, who lowed intelligently. 
Moo, moo, you old cows," said Fritz thoughtlessly. I chid the boy for mocking at dumb animals, and then bade my wife mount the first velocipede. This she did, displaying much agility. She exclaimed, I have left my bag behind. What is your bag? I asked. It is what I keep a few necessaries in, she answered, as Ernest found it and tossed it skillfully over her head, so that it hung down behind and made a graceful and convenient ornament. My wife then threw forward one of her feet and kicked a hole in the gunwale, through which she rode into the water. My children shouted with delight and eagerly followed her on their velocipedes, though I reminded them that we were saving our lives and were not on an excursion for pleasure. Thus we made our journey. First came my dear brave wife, attired in the gay dress she had found, then our youngest son Franz, a tender bud of seven, next him Jack, bold, fearless, but rash at times, next Ernest, a boy of twelve, thoughtful but indolent. After him my firstborn, Fritz, a sturdy lad of fifteen, armed with the air-pistol. Finally I myself, the anxious loving father, steering behind them all, with a rubber belt tied round my waist, to which were fastened by a long string the hen-coops and animals. The perilous way was accomplished, we turned the rocky corner, and landed on a pleasant triangular piece of sward, overhung by a frowning pile of architectural rock, which I said should be called memorial, as a monument to our safe return to terra firma. End of chapter 1